Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. I'm joined by Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader, Brad Henderson, and we've got a special guest today. We are excited to visit with an Ole Miss legend, a Major League Baseball legend, Don Kessinger, who will have his number retired at Ole Miss this week during the LSU series. Brad, even the career hits leader doesn't have his number retired. Why is that? <laughs> well, I see where co Coach gets to sit in front of all these wooden bats. I had to buy a replica jersey and put my number on it and frame it behind me. So you see how unfair that is. But, uh, no, Coach, it's a, it's a well-deserved honor, and there, there's nobody better to be going in and having their jersey retired and put on that outfield wall than uh, Coach Kessler. Coach, how you doing this morning? Glad Man, to I'm doing good. Thank you. I appreciate y'all letting me visit with you this morning. Well, we are excited uh, that, that you are here. Uh, I know that uh, at the major league level, the term is manager, and I know you have some experience there too. But when I got to Tupelo in 93, you were coaching the Ole Miss baseball team, and, and that has just kind of stuck with me through the year. So I hope, I hope coach is okay. I hope uh, we can Oh no, coach is great, man. That's an honor to be called coach. <laughs> hey folks, before we get too much deeper, we'd like to thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission. OPC is providing summer day camp for area kids. It's a deal. Lots of educational opportunities there. You can sign up online at oxfordparkcommission.com or by visiting the Coach Howell Activity Center. Camp will serve ages Five to 13 cost is $300 per camper per session sessions run June 1 to 25 and July 5 to 30 drop off each day begins at 7 30 pickup is 5 30 games arts and crafts swimming and outdoor activities are just some of the events that campers will take part in daily uh, OPC is also looking for lifeguards for the summer the season starts Memorial Day weekend and runs through Labor Day candidates must be at least 16 and have a current lifeguard certification contact aquatics director jamie chandler at jamie at oxfordparkcommission.com that's j-a-m-i-e at oxfordparkcommission.com if you have questions or just apply online at oxford at uh, ms.net folks we'll get uh, right into it here uh uh, Coach, I, I know Ole Miss uh, hasn't retired just a lot of numbers through the years in any of their sports, but when I saw this announcement come out about a month ago, um, I was surprised that, that your number was not already retired, but um, I, I know there's a, uh, a, a special story that goes with it. Can you, can you tell us uh, just how all this came about? Well, first of all, let me say that, uh, no, there have not been a lot of numbers retired at Ole Miss, and it's very humbling when you look back at, sincerely, all the great players like Hindu and others that have played here, Zach Cozart, and could go on and name, I don't want to start naming because I'll mess up and leave somebody out, but but the, when you think back to the history of Ole Miss baseball and the number of really outstanding players that have played there, to have your name enshrined in this manner, your number enshrined in this manner is truly an honor. And if there has only been, Ferris, I know, as you know, there's only been one number retired at Ole Miss in baseball. 
And it's just a, a real honor to be hanging on that outfield wall with Jake Gibbs, who's been a very special rebel through the years. So I, all I can tell you is I had a call from uh, Coach Bianco oh, a month or so ago telling me that this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to retire my number, yada, yada. Well, I think the story you're probably talking about is, is they asked me what number. And, uh, you know, back in the day, that was a long time ago. And uh, it was a little different back then. And we actually had two numbers. You had a, had a number at home and another number on the road. And I had to call a couple of my old partners, and asked them if they remembered what number I had. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so as it turned out, as I talked with coaches and all that stuff, you know, we just decided that the number that I am most affiliated with is number 11, which I've had through the years and my, my whole pro career and all that. And so that's what we're doing. We're going to retire number 11 on Thursday. Now, what uh... – what numbers were you uh, at Ole Miss? Do you remember? I don't, I don't think either of them were 11, were they? I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah. It uh, actually, you know, I don't mean to make light of not remembering my number at Ole Miss. That, but we, I had actually, I think I was number 16 at home and number 24 on the road is what I, th what I thought. And I think that's what we came up with when I looked at this. But as I talked to my own kids and the coaches and everybody, and uh, the consensus seemed to be that number 11 was more associated with me than any other number. So that's what we're going to go with, right or wrong. <laughs> well, Brad, you got a question? Yeah. Yeah, Joe. How are you, Coach? Man, I'm great, Handu. Great to talk to you. Well, I'm going to give you two questions. One, I want to know how Gray's doing. And two, I, I want to know your thoughts on this 2021 Rebel program from what you've seen so far. Yeah, great. I'll be glad to try to answer both those questions for you. Um, the first one for me might be a little easier than the second one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gray, Gray has actually had a pretty good spring. He, of course, went to uh, – you know, he went, he's with the Houston Astros now, and um, he was invited to big league training camp this year, which is really quite an honor when he's, you know, he's only actually had one uh, professional season. And so he got to face, uh, I, I say that, Joe, he got to face, he had to face a lot of big league pitching this spring. And, uh, you know, he called me one time and he did during the spring this year, and they had just faced uh, the Mets to Grom. And, and Gray asked me, he said, Pop, you know how hard 102 miles an hour is? <laughs> I, said, I said, well, I'm not really sure I do know, but I think I have a great idea about that. And uh, anyway, so he, he, he really got some great experience. And then, you know, they have those alternate sites now, uh, Brad, and uh, where they take, uh, each club can take up to, I think it's 28 people when, when the big league club breaks camp and starts their season, they can take like 28 players to an alternate site camp to try to cause there wasn't a minor league season going on at that time. 
And so they play in squad games and maybe play a few out of count games. But the big deal there is if they have a COVID incident in Houston or an injury or something, they've got a group of guys that are actually working out and ready to, to drive three hours to Houston and be able to help the big league club, hopefully. And so he, it's an honor to be there and he's been at this alternate site. And uh, so you know, we're just kind of waiting to see where he's assigned in a couple of weeks when the minor league season starts. Okay. okay. Oh, I got you gave me two questions. Yeah, don't give a, me two. Don't was a, give me too many at once now. It was a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go with the second question. You asked me about the Rebels. Of course, I love my Rebels now, and we got off to a great start and with a weekend in Texas that was awesome. And and then the first two weeks here with with, uh, with uh, Auburn and Alabama and got off to a 6-0 start. And so, and the last three weeks have been, been a little tougher. But, you know, I'm going to tell you, any of you that have hung around the SEC very much, you know how very difficult it is to win two out of three and with other conference schools week after week after week. And uh, the last three weekends have been tough in the sense that it's been, there's been a rubber game each time. And, uh, you know, it's just been tough and they've been very close games and we've lost some close ones and uh, things that could go either way, but uh, we've still got a long season. And I, I think this ball club's going to end up great. Well, Coach, I want to ask you, I, I know that obviously uh, uh, your career is just uh, identified with, with baseball, and some people may not be aware that you were an All-American in basketball at Ole Miss, a career scorer of uh, more than 20 points a game, and, and uh, people older than, than me have described you to me as, as one of the best athletes they've ever seen at Ole Miss, and uh, I know that... Uh, for young people, when they're going through uh, the, the, the college stage of life, you know, sometimes they, they choose the path where opportunity presents itself. And so I'm wondering if, if baseball was your passion and became your life or if that was the opportunity. Uh, you know, how did basketball fit in for you? Very good question, Parrish, and, uh, and I have a good answer for you. How's that? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> No, when I as when I was in high school graduating, trying to decide where I was going to go to college, and uh, and I really <clears throat> was going to play two sports. And the way the rule reads, you have to have a basketball scholarship to play both basketball and baseball. And I think the rule is probably still the same. I don't know, but you can't sign a spring sports scholarship and play anything but that sport. But certainly at that time, you had to sign either a football or basketball scholarship to be able to play both sports and so it, it boiled down to my being recruited more for basketball probably than baseball and but I always was going to some school where I could play both sports and and thinking that in a best case situation I would like to pursue a professional baseball career if that ended up being you know possible so uh, at that time uh, and I'm not sure it's changed a lot I thought Ole Miss was probably the best baseball school in the South. Coach Tom Swayze was a coach here, and there was a lot of emphasis on baseball. And and uh, so that's uh, that was how, how it all worked out. And when I visited Ole Miss, 
frankly, I thought it was the most friendly campus I'd ever been on. And I just enjoyed everything about it. And, uh, and still to this day, I do. Now, was, was football ever part of the plan for you? Did you play that in high school? I did play it in high school. In fact, I played on a very good football team that uh, was first or second in the state. I was undefeated my senior year, and I played quarterback. And uh, But I never really considered that. To, I got to Ole Miss, and Coach Johnny Vault was the coach here, and everybody knows of Coach Vault. And, uh, I mean, there were a few instances where I'd run into Coach Vault on the campus or in a cafeteria or something, and he would joke with me a little bit about it. Uh, at least I always considered it a joke. He would joke with me and say, when are you going to come out for that sport where you play under center? And, uh, you know, I just said, oh, coach, you know, you got a lot better players than me out there. And uh, so we'd joke about it a little bit, but I never really seriously considered that because I knew what I wanted to try to do as a career. Now, you were in Forest City, Arkansas. Is that right? Is that where you grew That's up? That's correct. That's okay. correct. You know, that's really not that far away. You get across the river over there. So uh, that's, uh, that's – It was at that time maybe two and a half, three hours from mm-hmm. Ole Miss. And uh, now it's closer than that with the interstates and all that stuff. But, uh, no, it, it was close enough for my parents to get to see me play and my friends and uh, could run home when you could, which wasn't often when you played two sports in college. But, uh, no, it, it was a great place to grow up and um, – and I had some opportunities. Arkansas, coincidentally, was was like five to six hours by drive from Forest City. And uh, so I don't know everything. And, and frankly, Arkansas didn't emphasize their baseball program at that time. They obviously do now. <laughs> but uh, the basketball programs were very similar. And the baseball program, in my opinion, was much better here and other places. So. What has it meant for you to just uh, uh, make a life, come back and make a life in Oxford and watch uh, children and grandchildren uh, go through the school? I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, I suspect not all of them. I don't know. I'm sure there are you know, many, many folks that I, that I don't know. But uh, I, I've, I've just seen that Kessinger name come through uh, a lot. Well, thank you, Parrish. I appreciate that. And appreciate the Lord for the opportunity he's given the Kessinger family through the years. But I've uh, Oxford is a great community. And, uh, you know, I've seen it from several different venues. One, playing. Two, having kids. And three, uh, you know, we, we own a real estate company in Oxford. And, and it's been very good to us. So we viewed Oxford from a lot of different angles. And we really love the community. We love the people. And of course, it's great if you're a sports fan to drive five minutes to the ballpark or the Coliseum or whatever. And uh, we've enjoyed doing that. Well, let's talk about uh, your major league career a little bit, uh, if you would. It was, uh, do I remember 11 seasons? Did I get that right? Or was it more than that? Now, actually, it was a total of uh, about. 16 professional seasons. Uh, okay. So I, I, I had 11. I, well, I had 11 with the Cubs. Okay. I had 11, with the, 11 or 12 with the Cubs from 64 through 79. And uh, and then I was traded to the Cardinals for a cup of coffee. I uh, was traded to Cardinals for about a year and a half. And and uh, then, was, then Bill Vick traded for me with the White Sox. And so I got to come back to Chicago and Played uh, 
two and a half years with the White Sox, and actually my last year there in 1979, I had the awesome privilege of being player manager of the White Sox. Not sure I recommend that, but it was it was an interest <laughs> it was an interesting time. But you know, I was the last time I was in Chicago was 2016 for the draft, and and I, I went out to uh, Wrigley a couple of days. Of course, it was very early in the season and and very cold. Uh, very, very cold, but I did uh, uh, come across your name there, and, and uh, you know, on the, the brick there in, in center field, and, uh, and out that way. Um, but who were some of the, you know, baseball is such a sport for history, so much rich history in, in, in the game, and and so many big names that people still remember and talk about, and just who were some players that you remember playing with, uh, batting against. Uh, playing defense behind some pitchers, playing with? Who, who are some folks that stand out for you? How much time do you have this morning? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I was blessed to play uh, with the Cubs during the period of time we started. When I first got there, we're not very good. We just weren't very good, which is probably why they called me up in the first place, just to give me some experience there. And, uh, but. Within the third year I was there, we became a really good ball club. Finished, but we always were bridesmaids. We kept finishing second, second, second. And uh, but I, but I had the chance to play Parish with four every day for eight or nine years with four guys that are in the Baseball Hall of Fame today, and that's quite an honor. And uh, you know, Ernie Banks and Billy Williams and Ron Santo and Fergie Jenkins were the four guys. And boy, are they, they're players and great people. That's a good thing. And, you know, our infield, one of my, one of my highlights, uh, our infield, which was Santo at third and I was at short and Beckert at second, Glenn Beckert and Ernie Banks was at first base. We played in an all-star game representing the National League, all four of us being on that team. And that was quite an honor when we ran out there and we're, all the Cubbies were were playing in the all-star game and uh it was uh the 100 or 150th anniversary some deal of baseball so the all-star game was played in washington dc that year and uh there even the washington did not have a team and uh but it was really amazing deal and and that's one you know becker used to tell me you know the salary structure as you can imagine was slightly different back then than it is now and uh in Chicago, they used to talk about us having a million-dollar infield, and uh, <laughs> and Becker Becker used to tell me he said, "Yeah, but the only thing about that is nine hundred thousand of it's on the corners, first and third. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, he didn't miss that very far. By the way. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That that that's funny. Now you mentioned a brief time with the White Sox player manager. Um, were you with the White Sox when they had those uniforms with short pants? I guess I don't want to answer that, but no, no, I, no, I was not. I was there with them with those same style uniforms. But when I got there, Bob Lemon had been the manager, a great guy and a great baseball man. And he'd kind of gotten away from those short pants. And so I didn't have to wear the, you know, the short pants, but uh, <laughs> we did, we did have the unusual uniforms. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But but I got to tell you, I was treated like a king there. You know, you go from one side of the town, but there's very few people that are fans of both. You know, you're either a Cubby or a White Sox. And uh, mm-hmm. so when I went over there, I'd seen actually Ron Santa go, be traded from or go as a free agent from the Cubs to the Sox. And it just didn't really work. He just didn't work for Ronnie. And uh, so I had that in my mind. Okay, I've been traded to the White Sox. And I did have a little spell in St. Louis between them. But I thought, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen when I run out there? You know, and so Bill Vett called me and said, you know, we've traded for you. And I was in St. Louis. And anyway, I said, well, when do you want me there? He said, obviously, you haven't seen our defense very much. Can you get there tonight? uh, anyway i got there uh well the next day really and so i signed american league contracts like you had to do with whatever league you were in but the first night uh in chicago there bob lemon came down to me in the middle of the game and i wasn't starting i'd just gotten there and i'm sitting in the dugout he said look um if uh, Lamar Johnson gets a hit, you go play, you go run for him. And I thought, well, it's the first time in about 10 years they've asked me to go run for somebody. So anyway, you know, I, I've never really pulled against my t- teammate to get a hit. But I'm thinking if he gets a hit, i got to run out there on that field, and I'm not sure what that's going to be. But uh, anyway, he, of course, hit a double. And uh, so – Lem looked at me and said, go. So I, I ran out there and truly, I didn't know if I'd get to second base or be shot or what, but boy, it was one of my greatest feel, fear of feelings in mm-hmm. baseball, base thrills. They gave me a standing ovation, Parrish and Hindu, that I didn't deserve. I wasn't sure why. I guess just welcome back to Chicago. But Bucky, we're playing the Yankees, and Bucky Dent came over to me at second base and said, what'd you do to these people? <laughs> and I said, I don't know, Bucky, but you keep your mouth shut. Let's just... <laughs> so anyway, they were really great to me, really great to me. I'm not sure as a manager I was as good to them, but they were great to me. And, uh, and uh, it was a great thrill to be able to do that and uh, a lot of interesting stories about how you try to do both and uh, – so anyway, well, I know um, there is a lot of interest for the Cardinals uh, in Arkansas, and and obviously North Mississippi as well. And you had been so ingrained with the Cubs. Did it? Uh, what was it like to uh, to go and play with the Cardinals for that time? No, that was very interesting. I did grow up a Cardinal fan in Arkansas, and. I, you know, I remember sitting in the car when we could pick it up better on the car radio than whatever and listen to the Cardinals play. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, no, it was an it was kind of a thrill for me to be traded to the Cardinals and have a chance to do that. And uh, they were good to me. I, I had average years for me, which didn't say a whole lot, I guess, but it was, but I did. And uh, played two years and played with, you know, Lou Brock and, uh, Kurt Simmons and Keith Hernandez and Reggie Smith and could just go on and on and on. Uh, and so it was a thrill. We just didn't really have the, we thought we were going to be a real contender in 1976, which was my first year there. And just a lot of guys didn't have good years and we ended up not being a contender. And, and then the Cardinals ended up bringing up Gary Templeton the next year, who was their number one prospect in the minor leagues. And, 
happened to play shortstop. So, uh, you know, I didn't play as much that year. And then the White Sox traded for me. But it, it was a good experience for me. I'm sorry we didn't do better the two years I was there. Well, when you when you look at Major League Baseball now, mm-hmm. uh, compared to the, the time that, that you were playing and, and then coaching, what you know, how's it different? What changes do you see? How's the game different? And are the changes better? Well, you know, whether they're better or not doesn't matter. It is what it is. And guys are still playing hard trying to get there. And so, uh, but what I can tell you is today's players are bigger, faster, and stronger than when I played. And uh, so I, I think the players are probably overall better. I'm not one of those guys that says, oh, they don't play the game like they used to. Well, they don't. They may play it better, you know, but uh, <laughs> but. Yeah. It, uh, but it, it's really a thrill to watch them because, man, they can run and they're strong. And I do think the game has changed a lot because of their strength and, and power. Because we just, you know, you don't see as much bunting or hitting and running and that kind of thing as you used to. Now it's, you know, they used to say you play for one run. That meant you get a man on first, you bunt a guy to second, and you try to knock him in. Now to play for one run means you hit it out of the ballpark. And uh, <laughs> so – you know, I, I just, uh, I'm not sure I would have played well in that field, but, uh, you know, the players are great and they're the same as ever. You play hard, you love the fans, you love the game. And I think they do too. So I don't, I'm not one of these negative guys on today's and, uh, but, uh, boy, they're fun to watch. Brad, you got anything? Yeah, Coach, I just wanted to say, Coach, congratulations again. Everybody has a – you know, when they see that Thursday night, that, that jersey go on the wall, everybody will probably have their own version of their Don Kessinger story. But, uh, you know, for me, when I see it, I'll, I'll always remember you as my coach who gave me an opportunity to play. Uh, and I'll also always remember Miss Carolyn – uh, you know, Kevin and Kelly and Keith and Laura and all the grandkids. So uh, I, I can't wait for Thursday. It's going to be a special night. Well, thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Parrish, it didn't take a great coach to recruit the guy that became the all-time hits leader, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, now I will say this for Brad. He, he battled so hard when he first got there because he had a really bad injury in high school. And uh, – when, and a lot of people didn't recruit Brad because he had a badly broken ankle, was it, Brad? Yeah, lower leg. Yeah, and uh, he was hobbling his senior year. And it was uh, – so if we did anything that somebody else didn't do, it was to take – we'll say a chance on Brad. It wasn't that big a chance. We just felt like he was such a good hitter. And given time, he would come back full speed with his ankle and he did he had to work really hard to do that but what a guy to coach he could play that game he was a great young man still is and uh, to coach the guy that was the all-time hits leader that means I was a good coach Perry absolutely absolutely and I remember Brad uh, as a high school player uh, when I got to Tupelo and was spending some time covering uh, Tupelo High baseball now Brad the injury that I've heard about for years was that was after I, I think you had kind of uh, moved past that a little bit, um, you know, when, when I came onto the scene, but uh, yeah, I remember Brad uh, as an outstanding high school player. And I'll tell you, coach, like I said, watching your family come through, through the years, it's been a lot of fun as well. But uh, I, I guess 
I have learned more about, I learned more about the Kessingers uh, while Gray was going through the Ole Miss program because that was when Miss Carolyn was most active on Facebook. And I, I saw, <laughs> I just, that, that was when, uh, you know, when I, I really saw a lot of Kessinger news now when, uh, you know, she was, she was really uh, getting in there on Facebook a lot and don't, don't see that quite as much anymore, but uh, that was uh, always a lot of fun. And I'll tell you this, um, Zoom just gave us the warning here, so they're going to cut us off in a little bit. But uh, one last thing, um, when Ross Bjork left uh, as AD at Ole Miss and went to Texas A&M, of course, doing what we do in, in the media, you know, I came up with this list of candidates, and uh, I put uh, put the list out there uh, on Facebook, and, and uh, some different people responded. And uh, Miss Carolyn got in there, and uh, I don't know if it was she responded in, in some way. And, and I asked her. I said, "Now, is this list okay, or, or, or should I put uh, should I put Coach Kessinger on this list of candidates for AD at Ole Miss?" I mean, and, and uh, she assured me that that was not a good move. That I didn't need to do that. <laughs> that, that I should leave you off of that list. So I did. A wise lady. A wise lady. She's a matriarch of our family, and had watched more games than all three of us put together, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm sure she has. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. You can find us on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.